Welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. We're two sisters on a mission to entertain and educate by learning from women who live a purpose-driven life. Be sure to subscribe and rate our podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. Today, we have guest Riley Reardon with us. She is an expert in nutrition, metabolism, and stress reduction, and we are so happy to have you here. Riley, thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. So excited to be here. I know. We were really excited just to be able to talk to you again because our history with you is you've been a guest mentor for our Girl Powerful classes. And we've actually learned so much from you, even like skills in the kitchen from holding the knife to like swapping out dairy and gluten for healthier options. So I'm just excited to learn more. I learned how to cut celery because of you, Riley. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And yeah, anytime you guys reach out to me, I'm always so excited to collaborate with you guys because always a fan of what you're doing. So very And something before we jump into like the big chunk of our conversation you I recently found out from you that your mom has a long history in the wellness industry can you shout your mom out and tell people who your mom is yeah yeah the apple definitely does not fall far from the tree um and my mom Jay Williams we actually have different last names um Growing up, she had her PhD in exercise physiology and was a best-selling author in kind of the health and wellness and longevity world. So learned so much from her and I think was so grateful to have that upbringing. And I think that's a big part of why I got into what I do so I could share it with people who didn't. Well, I think that's interesting to like talk about that for a minute because a lot of the women that have been on our podcast come from more like just different backgrounds and some were homeless some didn't have like support systems and like you come from this home that had health in it so how has that like like scaffolded your life in a way that you didn't have to go through some of the things like we ate free and reduced lunch food like total toxic food growing up because that's just what we had access to like how have you like noticed what your privilege was and like taken it and ran with it I love that question yeah um It was definitely an interesting upbringing. It was, it's funny, you know, that wasn't the challenge, but the challenge was maybe being very different than everyone I grew up around. Like coming into school, I always had the very weird food. Like everyone got to eat what was at the cafeteria and I was eating tofu and like home lunches and these things that, you know, I felt very left out and like I wasn't allowed to eat a lot of things because there was a lot of kind of strict parameters growing up around what was allowed or not like kids would bring cupcakes for birthday parties and they'd be like Riley you get to go have your special fruit leather <laughs> and growing up you know fruit leather like a, yeah, like roll a roll up. up like a fruit roll up right like a very natural dried fruit version of a fruit roll up <laughs> and you know as like a young child that was a struggle and that you know yeah. that was like a big deal me growing up and now in hindsight I'm so grateful so so grateful and I think yeah just having that privilege and that knowledge base and being so passionate about it I've always had a goal of helping other people and that was definitely a big part of it is that I saw that not everybody had access to that and um it's been a big part of my life, even in college, I was always volunteering in like um, similar settings around like school systems and making the right choices. 
you know, in ways that I inherently knew how to, but not a lot of kids had access to. So um, definitely saw that and wanted to. Like on the relationship side or the feeling side, did you ever like resent your mom or like those parameters she did put on you? Like where you're like, man, I'm going to like go shove a cupcake down my throat in private. It was definitely like a risky approach that they took. And I, I definitely saw my brothers kind of rebel against okay. it like, on Halloween when the candy was not like allowed. I think they went the course of going a little like unhealthy and the pendulum swung that way, but I've seen them both come back and find balance again too I never really like rebelled and went and snuck behind their backs and did that but I think it's because I was always so passionate about the topic and understood the why behind all of those rules (laughs) yeah well what what is the why I mean especially as we're developing you know as our brains are developing and as we're younger and in school and it's so important to get the right nutrients to feed our brains and to keep our energy level consistent throughout the day. Like I I saw kids who were eating their sugary snacks at lunchtime have crashes in the afternoon and not be able to focus as much. And um, I think my parents just really saw, saw that ahead of their time and knew that feeding me the proper nutrients and um, healthy whole foods was the best way to go, especially for concentration and doing well in school and performing in sports Um, I was involved in a lot of sports, so it was just aligned with my goals. I love Whole Foods too, just because there's no packaging. So it's like twofold. It's good for your body and good for the earth, right? You're not using Ziploc bags. Exactly. Yeah. They come in their own packaging. (laughs) (laughs) Packaged by apples. (laughs) It's just so interesting to me because it for me, like my personal journey, it just took a long time to learn, you know, and now I do like intuitively eat way better. I, you know, know what my body needs. I know what allergies I have, but I'm 33 and it has taken like the last five years for me to get to a a lot healthier place. I'm being super honest, Mm -hmm. but, um, and it's always a journey. Like, because we change so much in different phases of our life, that is going to be a constant journey and a constant check-in with yourself about how your body's responding to certain foods at different stages of your life. And um, so it's an ongoing journey. We never really arrive there, but finding those like foundations and those non-negotiables is important. And yeah, the younger we can create those habits, the better, right? Right. So I think there's a lot of myth around, like, I don't have the time to meal prep or time to shop and I don't have the money to buy healthy food. So what are some tips that you have for like, you know, preparing your fridge, stocking your fridge with healthy food? If you like work a nine to five and you're always at work or running around with your kids, what is something that people can really make their life and their food more less time consuming, I guess. Yeah. And more convenient. Yeah. Um, my motto with kind of healthy eating throughout the week and really at all times in your life is always be prepared. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I think we get into trouble when we're not prepared and that's when we make choices when we're a little bit desperate or, um, don't have enough time. That's when we reach for something that might not necessarily be as healthy or might be a little more processed, um, and generally is more expensive. Like when we're not prepared, we end up spending more money usually. Um, 
And depending on your budget, there's so many different solutions. So like if you do have the luxury to use a meal prep or a meal prepared company now, there's so many great ones out there. I work with one called Territory Foods and there's like vegan specific ones, local ones, nationwide ones. Um, and those are great because you can just supplement your week with already made meals that you can just heat up or eat as is, you know, but if you don't have the budget for that, or if you just don't like all that additional packaging and things like that, there's really the best solution I've found is batch cooking. Like on a day, on a weekend where you have a couple hours kind of preparing for the whole week. Um, and that doesn't have to be expensive. I mean, can be things like cooking a big batch of black beans and a big batch of rice or quinoa and like having those as kind of your base and then scattering different veggies and different sauces on those throughout the week. Um, but I've definitely found batch cooking is what keeps you really prepared and like set up for success for the rest of the week if you just have that stuff already cooked and ready to go. Um, some people go as extreme as like portioning it out for the whole week ahead of time. I'm not like that. I just like having big containers of really healthy kind of bases and things like that to be able to work with throughout the week and pack my lunch and um, you yeah. always pick like a protein, a fiber and a fat or any, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to kind of designing a meal or designing the type of meal I want to eat, definitely always want to have a healthy fat. Definitely always want to have a protein, always a leafy green or some kind of green vegetable, unless it's breakfast, it doesn't necessarily need to. Um, and fiber, 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 like as much fiber as you can. It's, I'm the biggest fan of fiber. Um, so yeah. And, you know, even with breakfast and things like that, you can make kind of overnight. Oh, it's just always being prepared so that you're never in a pinch. Um, yeah. I, that's when it's like, Oh God, I'm going to Guido's Italian food yeah, right? Right. It's yeah. right across the street from us. So it's, it's dangerous yeah. because if I'm not prepared, I literally had one sweet potato in the house. Yeah. And I, I did end up making the sweet potato, but I also went across the street. <laughs> yeah. She had pizza and then the potato for dessert. <laughs> Not Don't tell me what's happening to my body right now, Riley. <laughs> but also have, you know, um, be gentle with yourself and it's okay to have balance. And once in a while, it's totally fine to treat yourself. Um, I think too, not only having it in your house, but just making sure you're always stocked. Like if you're going to have a long day, having your purse stocked with like shelf stable things, um, you kind of have to leave your ego at the door because sometimes you look weird. And I think this is like the young girl coming out of me now, like proud of being her with my weird little baggies of food. But um, like, I always have like a pouch of beans. There's this really cool company I usually have in my purse called a dozen cousins. And they have these really yummy different flavored beans that you could pour on a salad. If that's the only offering at a restaurant, they just have like a green salad. You can throw beans on it or nuts. Like I always have nuts and seeds in my bag, just kind of having your like ammunition of healthy snacks and things like that to keep you like well fed throughout the day so that you're never in a desperate situation to just grab the pastry at Starbucks or where, you know, the closest thing you can find. Um, so yeah, always be prepared is my, my motto. I don't think that's it. Isn't it like the Boy Scouts motto or something? Probably. It's smart. Yeah. They, they usually survive. Yeah. Right. Well, speaking of boys, 
yeah we were sharing like we were texting before this and trying to prepare what we wanted to really drive home and that you shared that a lot of studies on health and wellness and eating are done on men so yes. can you speak to that and how <laughs> we need new information and then we need to take our power back and find that information and not just finger point and be like of course life isn't set up for women you know like I think that that's the turning point now is like we're all aware equality is different and we are women and our lives are designed differently but we also need to like like I said take our power back but if- I mean at the same time it's like we're targeted for all these trendy new oh, yeah. like ads yeah I mean you know yeah that are not necessarily conducive to our overall health and well-being yeah um the anecdote I like to give is a lot of clients I work with, they'll say, hey, you know, my partner and I, my boyfriend, my husband and I, we started this health journey together. We're both working out. We're doing all these like high intensity workouts together and we're doing keto and intermittent fasting and all this stuff. And he just dropped weight like this and he feels so good. And I'm like gaining weight or I'm tired or I don't feel good. And I hear that kind of story a lot, especially when couples go on a health journey together. And I feel like it's this perfect case study of, what's right for him is not necessarily what's right for us. And I've been nerding out a lot lately on female kind of biohacking, which is such a, you know, trendy buzzword right now. Um, And what's actually best for our bodies. And that changes throughout our life cycle, because unlike men, we go through a lot of more different changes and cycles in our lives as women. Um, But I get asked a lot about things like keto, you know, trendy diets, intermittent fasting, things like that, that are mostly studied on men, men's bodies and postmenopausal women's bodies. Um, And as women, we, you know, our month fluctuates a lot and our hormones fluctuate a lot. And so the way we eat should also kind of be very gentle with that cycle and not necessarily should be on the same kind of 24 hour clock that a man's cycle is on. Um, So when it comes to um, things like intermittent fasting, for example, that's something you would want to ease up on around menstruation and around ovulation because um, we tend to have surges of hormones of like estrogen around our ovulation. And we tend to have surges of estrogen right before our periods, if we're kind of out of balance or if we have PMS symptoms, things like that, that's generally due to toxic levels of estrogen in our bodies. Um, and so waiting until, you know, noon to eat sometimes can kind of exacerbate that as opposed to if you wake up and eat a lot of fiber, fiber can help flush those levels of toxic estrogen out of your body. So sometimes these hacks that we think are helping us can actually be kind of harming us, um, during those different phases. So there's, there's a lot of different ways we can remedy that it's, you can intermittent fast on different phases of your cycle, just not those ones. Um, really just listening to your body and what feels the best to you. And if you feel worse after doing on your period around that time, definitely don't do it. Listen to your body. I personally, when I'm about to start my period, have like a pot of beans on the stove and eat them pretty much all day long to just be flushing out any toxic levels of estrogen. Cause it's just fiber to help just rid myself of any kind of hormone spikes that happen. Um, is the toxic estrogen from food? Is it kind of um, like it's generally, so the way that that like process in your body works is um, generally if you're stressed, which most of us are, <laughs> um, 
we, when you have a lot of cortisol production in your body, so if you're producing a lot of cortisol from stress, it halts the production of progesterone. Your body kind of decides not to produce as much progesterone and progesterone and estrogen are kind of like a, like seesaw. That's a very simplified way of explaining it, but generally you'll see a spike in estrogen if your progesterone levels are going down. And so that's what'll happen is you'll see kind of a surge in estrogen and that's what can cause PMS symptoms, cramps, um, mood swings, cravings before our cycle. And those are all like not supposed to be happening. We, I think we live in this world where we think that's just what comes along with being a woman. And there's definitely a world that you can get into where those are not happening or they're very, very low level versions of that. And a lot of that can come down to what you're eating, exercising, reducing stress, um, things to just keep your hormones a little more balanced throughout the month. Yeah, I think, wait, I think Sun is like not letting me talk today, but I do think it's important to realize that like leading up to your period and on your period, you are more fragile. Yeah. So you need to take better care of yourself, like always take care of yourself. But I think if, if someone's like a beginner, like trying to like start a new habit and like coming into the fall season, Mm -hmm. I think it's important to realize like we are fragile you know, and like, we have so much going on all the time. And I think, yeah, what you said, like PMS isn't like a normal thing. Like it's a joke to some people, but it's like, you kind of need to like focus and hone in on what's really going on in your body. So like, how do you actually like, how could you do a self check-in with yourself? Mm -hmm. Should someone like calendar their moods every day? Do you have any tools on that? Like how to actually like identify, yeah, I am different around my period. Because some people are so disconnected from themselves they really don't even know and there's all these memes about you like questioning your entire life and having all these crazy existential thoughts and then the next day your period comes and you're like oh right it is that time of the month right um so definitely something I suggest is always tracking your cycle and knowing what phase of your cycle you're in um I use that thermometer natural cycles app and that can help you know exactly what phase you're in and um I'm not like a super, super expert on this, but there's a lot of great books you can read on optimizing each of those phases of your cycle. Cause our brain also works really differently during each of those phases. Like we're more detail oriented when we're ovulating and we're more emotional, but also more intuitive when we're menstruating. Like there's all these kind of cool hacks that you can almost more look at as superpowers versus weaknesses, which I feel like is how we've been trained to view it. Um, But yeah, definitely journaling, knowing when it's coming. So you kind of know how to regulate and respond. Like I said, having the tools set up, knowing to eat more fiber, knowing to potentially take certain supplements right before that could help set you up to not have those symptoms. Um, So yeah, it's really just being in touch with where you're at in your cycle. And just in general, I always recommend health journals to just try to link certain foods, certain lifestyle choices to how you're feeling. What about movement and around your period? Is Mm -hmm. that a week you should relax and do more like walking yoga and be gentle there as well? Yeah, I think something that definitely exacerbates those symptoms is pushing through Mm. and trying to work out really hard during that time that I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but it's almost like you think you should work out really hard. So you do. And then you end up feeling kind of worse after, um, 
So definitely okay to take it easy for those first couple of days and um, listen to your body. And you don't need to be doing a high intensity spin class on the first day of your period. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Sonia and I, even if we would book it, we would definitely cancel it. <laughs> definitely. I like your approach because it's really about anyone listening. It's like, it's all tailored to you as an individual. So I think it's really important to note that everyone has a different journey and everyone, you know, has different things that they can use to help themselves live optimally. Absolutely. We're all so different and we're all at different stages and have different goals. And um, so it's so important to listen to your own body, even if someone's telling you this is the right way to eat or this is the right way to work out, like it's really just important to tap into your own intuition around what makes you feel the most energized. What, you know, like what patterns do you start to notice around even just times of day you eat around just all these different factors. Um, we're all so different. Like I'm a grazer. I eat all day, but I have friends who are very three meal a day type people, you know, and it just, you just have to play around. And there is a lot of trial and error when it comes to finding your optimal health. Oh yeah. I wanted to ask you as one like swap out question. I wanted to know about that afternoon cup of coffee and that like kick you think you need and like what we could do to replace that. Because if I have coffee or any caffeine after two o'clock, I'm up all night. Yeah. But I sometimes need it to get through. It's, you know, some like networking at night or something like that. You can't show up kind of like not the way there and in a fog. Totally. And I'm, I'm a big fan of coffee. I love my morning coffee, but I, I struggle when I reach for that second cup later in the day, because it does make me a little jittery or keeps me up at night. And I've been really leaning in towards actually using physical activity or breath work as my kind of second cup of coffee, because there are really identical physiological responses you can get from a 10 minute brisk walk or sitting down and doing some really active breath work um, that will stimulate that same kind of concentration and renewed energy that um, that the coffee would without the jittery kind of caffeine side effects. Um, so I know that's probably not the most popular response, but I just learned about the study that Harvard did. Yeah. Called, um, the relaxation. oh response the relaxation response and Mm -hmm. meditating Mm -hmm. you know actually falling into a meditative state whether it's 10 minutes or 20 minutes actually gives you deeper rest than your deepest sleep Mm -hmm. so that's something to explore for anybody listening if you do need that afternoon you know pick me up it's like really just try to turn off your computer like don't look at your emails don't look at your instagram like give yourself uninterrupted rest. Rest or like even just a few minutes of breathing can completely reset your physiology in like just a few minutes. And so I think we're really quick to reach for the stimulants, but what's funny is actually slowing down and having that moment of meditation or that moment of breathing or a walk to disconnect and just kind of reset actually ends up giving you more stable energy for the rest of the day. Yeah, it's one of your favorites, like to breathe in one nostril and out the other for a for an energizer breath work. What do you <laughs> So I didn't used to do that. I just used to do um I do that kind of belly chest exhale 
kind of cyclical breath work usually, but I am reading that book called Breath right now. And they were talking a lot about the in one note. So I've been starting to practice that a little more and it is very energizing. Like if you just do it for even a minute or two, you suddenly feel this real like crisp, sharp energy and attentiveness again. It's, it's pretty wild. Bringing oxygen to the blood, like, hello, everybody, wake up. That's all you need to do. <laughs> and it's free. And you're not intaking anything but air. Which free, inexpensive. <laughs> yeah, these are tools that are free, everyone. Free. Well, yeah, that's a really big thing, actually. Yeah. Like teaching the girls like to breathe before a test or breathe before a game. Just so big. Ever in a stressful situation, if someone's mm-hmm. fighting at home or, you know, someone says something that hurts your feelings, it's like yeah. you do need that, like, peace corner, they call it in the schools, but you need that tool to actually self-regulate and be like, oh, I can do this, you know, to get out of this feeling. Yeah, that's actually such a good point and a, an interesting anecdote. I actually wasn't a very good breather when I was younger, and I used to run cross-country, And, um, sometimes because I was nervous and wasn't breathing properly, I would have a side cramp before the race would even start. And so I had to learn really like to calm myself down and meditate and breathe because I was like, I was out of commission before the race even started if I didn't know how to breathe properly and regulate. And so I had to learn that at a young age to figure out like how to calm myself down, breathe properly. And it's such an important tool going into anything, like you said, test taking, sporting events, just stressful situations. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm hoping all the girls going back, all the children everywhere going back to school are like learning some tips and they're like mm-hmm. teachers are teaching them or they're giving teachers the tools to mm-hmm. then teach to their students because, you know, it's a very strange time going back into the classroom. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, there couldn't be a better time to be connected with our lungs, especially during this very crazy, scary time where our lungs are at risk. So yeah, always connecting to the breath is such an important tool to teach them. For sure. I have a question about like your brain function correlated with food. Mm. So I notice if I'm eating more clean, like I... I enjoy waking up and like being alive and I feel like I do have clarity in my life and whatever project I'm working on. Yeah. So is there like proof behind, you know, like what you eat affects your brain? So much, so much. And like, I, you know, won't jump into like all the studies and science, but directly, I mean, our brain is our like machine that either just think of any machine that doesn't run smoothly on contaminated, gross processed fuel versus whole, clean, healthy, organic fuel will obviously help your processing center work much, you know, more efficiently. And of course there's certain foods that are proven to be best for brain function, healthy fats and omegas and um, if you are eating carbs, our brain uses carbs and needs them to function. So having healthy, unprocessed, clean carbohydrates is really important. Um, yeah, clean carbs. Clean carbs are from coming from whole foods, not like refined sugars or refined flours and things like that. So you're talking about sweet potatoes, which you mentioned at the beginning of the call. Um, I wake up and have like a really yummy oatmeal with balanced with yummy fats and things like that that help fuel my brain throughout the day and prevent crashes from happening so just always thinking whole foods like 
the earth created foods as they are for a reason. So anytime you're refining it, extracting things from it, removing whole macro groups from it is probably not the way to go. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's interesting, like as everyone does have access to more information right now, and you mentioned you're vegan. Like my boyfriend last night was like, did you see the pasta I made? And it had like chunks of sausage in it, but there was a lot of, you know, veggies and spinach and everything. And I was like, yeah, I'd eat it if you didn't put the the sausage in it. And I was like, and maybe I wouldn't even eat it if it was a good quality sausage, but that is from the frozen food section in Costco. So there's different like layers to that. And like, so how is, if we like have built a life together, I mean, my boyfriend, can we coexist and like I don't shame him in that way because I'm not perfect in any way with eating but I know better than that yeah so we're just at two different like levels there and they're very close but I don't know I just like do you just model positive behavior or like what are some tools to like share and like in our bodies like what is that processed meat do to your gut like what where does it go does it stay with us forever it takes 10 minutes off your life or 36 minutes off your life I know um scary uh yeah I mean especially if those processed meats have nitrates it's definitely something you want to avoid because there's a lot of links to colon cancer and uh rectal cancer (laughs) um but you know again everything in moderation I think when you have a partner who maybe eats differently than you the important thing is to stick to what you know works for you. I think sometimes you get into this kind of compromise mode where you're like, oh, well, that's what he wants to eat. So I'll eat it. You have to stick to what works for you and your body, even if that does mean cooking two separate yeah. dishes sometimes, like maybe make the pasta and the sauce and the sausage on the side. And if he wants to add it, that's his journey. No, you don't I don't want him to eat, eat it. Right? <laughs> I don't want him to die of well, can't, Like you said, you can only kind of have a positive <laughs> influence on someone you can't. But, you know, lots of great tips for making very healthy, yummy options, which we've done in a lot of our cooking classes. I think the more you present really appealing, yummy offerings, they don't even notice that those ingredients are missing. It's kind of like you're crowding it out with other really great alternatives and options. Um I've dated people with very different eating preferences than me and have definitely helped swing them in the right direction just through example, not forcing in any way. Um, Grateful now to be with someone who's a little more on the same page as me (laughs) with that, but um, it's a journey. And like you may go through phases of your life where you have to eat really differently. I had I had a really terrible like leaky gut condition right out of college from some antibiotics that I took. And I had to eat really, really extreme, like a very, very extreme diet where there was like not even any sugar from fruit for a while to just like get my body back on track. And it was very hard to eat out or be social or date or navigate that, but you just have to kind of power through it and know not to compromise to stay to your goals. And then eventually it'll balance back out and everything can kind of come back to, you know, the middle again, but yeah, just stay true to yourself and don't, don't compromise on those non-negotiable for yourself. (laughs) I have one more question. Mm -hmm. So we talked about like not restricting or like not like putting a bunch of additives into food. And I think right now it's also trendy to be like, 
get your supplements like tailored to you, put your name on it, like mm. do all this stuff. And first of all, I feel like you really do need to do your due diligence when you're ordering supplements. But like, is there a way to like have it be the like the highest efficient supplement without having to take like 10? Hmm. Or do you believe in like, you really should be getting your nutrients from food and not as much yeah. supplements. And also what's like a beginner three vitamins that everyone should have on their counter those are all really great questions <laughs> those um, are 45 questions in one yeah <laughs> have fun yeah love it we can go so for well, your brain oh. functions highly because of your diet so you can handle 40 questions I'm here i have them all right here um first of all it totally depends on like your goals your budget because you can go nuts with supplements and the sky's the limit if you want optimal function you can be on all these cool adaptogens and right? The sky's the limit, but that can get very pricey. That can get a little overwhelming. Um, yes, essentially we should be getting most of our nutrients from fruits, vegetables, from food. Um, but our food system is really different than it was a couple decades ago. And our soil is not as nutrient rich as it used to be. And so even if you are eating a really healthy whole food diet, you can still be a little bit deficient in certain nutrients. Um, and so it never hurts to supplement. I kind of like finding protein powders or things like that that come with a multitude of supplements and vitamins. Um, there's a few great brands out there um, that you can kind of look at the panel on the back and they'll supplement with vitamin Bs and just a few of the kind of essentials just to make sure you are getting that boost every day. Um, most of us are a little deficient in vitamin D, even if you're in the sun a lot in California. So I definitely always see that when people do blood work. Um, but other than that, unless you're doing blood work and see that you're truly deficient in something, I don't think you need to go super crazy with supplements unless you're just really, really trying to optimize your health and want to get on that journey of all these different adaptogens and um, all these fun, trendy things. Well, what but, about what like, I was thinking about <laughs> and also like the consistency behind it? Because sometimes I'll be like really, really good and I'll be feeling really great. And then I like will overdo it. And then I feel like super nauseous. And then like, what have I done? Or like, I completely stopped doing it because I'm like, man, that like I (laughs) overdid it. Yeah. Yeah. And that comes back to, I can't stress enough documenting, like, especially if you are trying a new supplement, write down how you feel a week in, two weeks in, is it actually working for you? you're taking all this collagen or something that you hurt, like check in with it and see if it's actually working for you. If it's not, take it off the list, you know, or if you're taking too many and it's making you feel nauseous, like scale back, you know, you have to listen to your body. And, um, I really try to journal how I'm feeling when I add something new to the mix or take something out. What about zinc for the, the Rona? Is that an actual thing we should all be taking going into a new flu season? I've been dosing up on the zinc for sure. That cannot hurt. Um, yeah, I've been doing a lot of zinc, a lot of vitamin D. I think there's even like some studies coming out and I don't, don't quote me on this, but I think there's studies coming out that say they do really help with the immune defense mm-hmm. on like Rona specifically, but yeah, just cold and flu season in general. All right. Well, we end our podcast every time to all the lovely women with what makes you feel most alive? Hmm. 
That's a great question. Um, talking to people who have the same passions and like-minded interests as me, like I, you know, I feel so lit up talking to you guys and knowing that you want to spread information and make a difference in people's lives. And that's what really lights me up. Like I get so fired up when people want to just nerd out on things like this and spread information and make information like this more accessible. So always a pleasure to do it. Well, thank you, Riley. We're so lucky to have you in our community. And so are the girls. And so is everyone listening. Where can people find you? Um, I have a website, rileyreardon.com. It's R-I-L-E-Y-R-E-A-R-D-E-N.com. And I work with private clients. I also work with Territory Foods, that um, prepared meal service I was talking about. So if you do want to try one, you can see some of my work and meals I've helped design through them. Um, Yeah, that's how you find me. Amazing. Thank Thank you, you, Riley. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks to our guest. For more information on her, see the show notes. Please hit subscribe if you have not already. That way, a new episode is delivered directly to your feed every week.